That's right. Here we are. That's me. My, I made the Yankee hat hotter than the Yankees did. Uh, once again, by popular demand, you ask and now you receive because I got to give the people, give the people what they want. Tommy, Tommy, <laughs> Tommy Chaffins. What's good, baby? Uh, thanks for having me. I'm kind of excited to cool. check, check this all out. Cool. Thanks for joining me and Miranda. Miranda is my main tech girl. Say Hi. what's up, Miranda. Hi. Gotta have you in there. At some point, Miranda is going to be uh, reading off debate questions, and we're going to split screen this podcast because we're going a, diff- a bunch of different directions. Um, so let's start with the easy part. Right now, okay. you're the head coach of Redondo, uh, Redondo Union High School, the girls' team, mm-hmm. and you made state uh, semifinals. Yes, uh, it was a little disappointing how we finished because uh, we wanted to win state, but uh, you know, Modern Day played a good game, and uh, we finished thirty-eight and four, and won the CIF Southern section title mm-hmm. um, for the, the in D- division one. And we finished top 10 in the country. Uh, and mm-hmm. it was just a phenomenal year. It was fun. I had a lot of talent. Girls worked hard and uh, they all sacrificed for whatever Tiffany Rodriguez and I thought was best. And uh, it was a joy to go to practice every day. Oh man. It sounds like one of those teams, one of those campaign years. Yeah, Is that like a, a cyclical thing? Like once every three years, you kind of, it's kind of like a research or like a retool. Um, we've been blessed that, uh, people just like to seemingly come to Redondo and have the talented players have their sights to play high school for Redondo. So I'm hoping it's always just a retooling and reloading, but there, there can be years like that. Um, after 2015, we had won state 2014, 2015, and our talent level was down, but the last, um, Three years we've been in the mix, but we were losing in the semifinals, and we got over the hump, and we won it all this year. Oh wow, that's just awesome! <laughs> that's just awesome. I um, as the endless summer volleyball coach, skills coach, Erica, uh, Ava mm-hmm. was on your team for a little bit. Yeah. Um, who's the lefty again? I think she transferred to Mira Costa. What's her name again? Um, Juliet. Okay, yeah, Juliet. I think um, uh-huh. she was uh, not, I don't she know. Was she was on the, the, G- the she was on the JV team, right? Uh, her freshman year, and then uh, didn't play her sophomore year, and I uh, transferred through junior year. That's cool, dude. And you went to Redondo. I went to Redondo. I, I see Tyler right there. Tyler um, Lucas yeah, <laughs> is <okay>. actually looking. <laughs> uh, I called him Hollywood because uh, we had a lot of Tylers on the team, so I called Tyler Lucas. But if we have too many Tylers, you're going to be Hollywood. You have to have nicknames. You have to yeah. have a – You're big you, slim. You yeah. You're baby dinosaur. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So you went to uh, – did you play boys then? Uh, no, I was a soccer tennis player when I was a student at Redondo. My dad and relatives, uh, my dad and my uncle Anthony was a basketball player of some note. Uh, and I have relatives from the 30s and 40s who went to Redondo. But I just played, I was just a soccer tennis guy and I started playing beach volleyball down at the beach. And um, one of my earlier games was against John Fox, who was on the team. And uh, I remember beating, uh, like me and a soccer guy were beating a couple guys on the team. I thought like, hey, I must, I must, I might be okay at this, and um, I just fell in love with the sport. No oh, man, we both we both have mm-hmm. similar stories. I had Duran mm-hmm. on the show last and talking about she's a late bloomer, mm-hmm. and me, I had a girl. I'm not gonna get into the story mm-hmm. all over again. I had a girl crush where mm-hmm. it made me want to play better. And when I started playing better, my my crush changed okay. from the girl to the sport. Okay, um, so it's pretty cool. You went to LMU. Uh, yeah, then I went to El, El Camino okay. and uh, played volleyball there. And then after I graduated, or I mean, um, after I finished with my AA, I was an assistant there for one year. So that was my first exposure to coaching, being on the the, the bench side. And then when I was uh, LMU, uh, I got the uh, boys job to at the Redondo in 1995. Paul Vigiano and I were uh, coaching the boys and he coached me at El Camino. So, and he went to Redondo and he had an immense love for the school like I did yes. and still do. Small world, right? Yes. Volleyball becomes that way. And um, maybe from the East Coast, it's even smaller. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's, I mean, it's like some kid played for Hunter High School, you know, and then 20 years ago, I, I'm coaching there. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's just weird. My, the guy was offensive player of the year, Patrick Dietz in 2000. Mm-hmm. I was his coach at City Tech and now he's, you know, he's coaching and now he's doing color commentary and he is, he he's Kevin Barnett sharp. Okay. As far as the indoor scene, not, not, yeah, not yeah. the beach scene. The beach scene, yeah. I, I could, with respect, I could do without Kevin. Uh-huh. <laughs> the beach scene is just, I don't know. It's just weird because I think 
for indoor and outdoor, I think certain people think they have to be a person, uh, a personality for mm -hmm. different venues. I think uh -huh. maybe he was instructed to be funny. Okay. And he's not. <laughs> okay. And you know, I mean, and, but indoor, I'm like, dude, I'm educating my, uh -huh. <laughs> it's mind blowing. I'm just getting, I'm getting the education because yeah. he gets you travels around and he talks to people. So, right. so you're also, um, you also teach there, right? Yes. I teach yeah. uh, government and econ, mainly government. I've been doing yeah. that since, uh, uh, this is my 23rd year at Redondo uh, and about 20th year teaching uh, Gov in Econ. Nice. Is there a political way to do that? Yes, I feel so, for without a doubt, because I remember when I was a student there that I thought some people were trying to, like, influence me. And I felt even back then in 1988 when I was taking government that, like, that's not really your job. Yeah, your job you is to, uh, yeah. you know, inform us. And then I think you should let us make those decisions. And uh, I had teachers that did that, but I definitely had some teachers that didn't, didn't do that. Yeah, and you're definitely going to have students there who um, who are recycling what their parents taught them that are going to bring, like if you give a certain person a paper, like a paper mm -hmm. assignment and this and mm -hmm. that, there, um, of course, there's going to be some political bias in it, you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. I, I strive, just as I do in like coaching, like I want to make my decisions not in an emotional sense. So uh, I try to do that. I always present, you know, this is what the, you know, the liberals will say about this subject. This is what the conservatives will say about this mm -hmm. subject. And, you know, then we may have some discussions about that. I would also suggest, because uh, since we're on this, let me, let's, let's, uh, like, I want to stay on this a little bit. I think the older someone gets, the more their mind, open-minded they should be. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, give my, only use, I can only cite myself as an example. I can cite others, but. Mm -hmm. the most comfortable with me i grew up um conservative family mm -hmm. in new york at that brooklyn okay. blue state um you know reaganites mm -hmm. um hated gay people mm -hmm. you know one of one of the you know owned, owned i own three guns okay brooklyn kid only three guns mm -hmm. so it's one of those things where i was extremely to the right because that's what my father was an iron right. worker right. and then you know um the military of course they vote republican i served mm -hmm. three years and then as i started to veer left um around clinton's second term mm -hmm. Um, just, I was lefty all the way. And then from 2008 to 2016, anything that was left that the media printed, I believe did anything with his right. I thought I didn't. And then so suddenly you start, you start opening your eyes because after a while facts become undeniable. Mm -hmm. it's like if someone runs a story and it's just not true, you, 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 at some point you're going to run out of excuses. Mm -hmm. I mean, in this day and age, people don't want, would rather not be wrong. Mm -hmm. They'd rather not be wrong. They'd rather they'd rather not be wrong than learn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was just, I mean, I guess the reason why I'm bringing this up because the government class uh -huh. where you're trying to be, where you are being apolitical, of course, yeah, yeah. and and you're and you're allowing these kids to think for themselves as opposed to recycling data, old data. Yeah. Um, there's nobility in that. Yeah, um, I mean, I, like um, today is an impeachment, so you mm -hmm. know, like uh, we watched it, but that's an unusual day. But typically, I'll uh, ask the students, like, "Hey, what what is the number one, you know, political news story?" And uh, they'll say it, and then I'll go, "Let's see what Fox says about it." Yeah, and let's see what CNN. And they know I spin the pen yep. to say hit one side okay what do you think CNN is going to say about this headline? Uh -huh. And then I'll say, "Okay, what do you think Fox is going to say about this?" And then, you know, yeah. it. It's, it's usually quite different. And well, <laughs> it's crazy because they watch the channels before they form their own opinion. Mm -hmm. And I, I guess that's what you're supposed to do. But if you lean one, you're, you're, I mean, you're going to believe one channel more than the other. That's where this freaking ridiculous tribalism comes uh, into play. This, uh -huh. this team, you know, team blue and team red and, and this and that. You could tell I'm a political now. I love uh -huh. my, gun, my guns. I still love my yeah. guns and my yeah. gay people now. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, okay. in fact, we should arm gay people everywhere, right? <laughs> no, no more hate crimes. How about we, how we, how we just strap them? <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, I'll give you an example. Like right now, I'm, I'm, my candidate I'm backing is Tulsi Gabbard. Okay. All right. Somebody who's running a platform on mm -hmm. regime, um, getting away from regi regime changing wars. Mm -hmm. um, and it seems like it's our only platform, but um, like if Bernie's like more for the people or more free education, this and that, there are other, there are other platforms. He's just choosing, you, you choose one that's the strongest, mm -hmm. you know? Like in Hawaii, she was all about education, but you can't run on education. Uh -huh. Sadly, it's, and this is sad for me to say, it's, it's a politically weak platform. Uh -huh. Nobody cares. They're like, kids don't vote, uh -huh. you know? So regime changing works is, okay. is her thing. So I just, someone posted, 
because social network is the new instrument of um, 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 conflicting forces. Okay. Um, Newsweek ran an article that David Duke endorsed her and she didn't denounce his endorsement. Uh -huh. And everybody's like, oh, that's your girl. That's your girl. And this and that. And I'm like, shit, that's, that's, that's disappointing. Uh -huh. But then, and then I grab this thing right here. It's a mouse, right? Mm -hmm. And I go and I Google search and then, you know, I find out that David Duke said, I never endorsed shit. Uh -huh. um, he's on Twitter and, and her long version of, she said, thanks. She on Twitter, on Twitter said, thanks, but no thanks. Okay. My father's Polynesian. You couldn't go in the whites only bathroom. Mm -hmm. You know, your politics are evil. Okay. <laughs> you know, that, that was her, I mean, paraphrasing, of course. So, mm -hmm. and then I brought her back to him. I'm like, dude, this isn't true. And I'm like, well, you know, she didn't deny it. I'm like, no, she just mm -hmm. said, she, you know, she did. So it was an example of how someone didn't want to just admit they were wrong. Uh -huh. It's okay. Just admit you're wrong. Just, and, and I'll admit I'm wrong and, and we can learn together and just get on with life. And, and I'm, there's this level I'm ranting right now, but there's this level of disappointment that our peers, yours and mine, um, smart people, mm -hmm. intelligent people, you know, my girl went to Harvard, whatever. She bleeds, she bleeds blue, you know, um, my, my boy, um, uh, um, on the pier bleeds red. Both of them smart people mm -hmm. are setting their ways. How the hell, how the hell, how the hell do you get around that? How the hell do you change that from a generational thing from where you from? I guess as a teacher. Um, I don't think I, I can change that at all. I just, uh, I just try to get the kids to understand their constitutional rights and the constitution. I spend a lot of time in that mm -hmm. and, uh, and I let them form, uh, their own opinions. And, you know, sometimes I'll point out to them because, uh, for example, we'll talk about like, um, uh, charter or um, school vouchers because mm -hmm. the majority of my young students would deem them liberal and we'll have um, a discussion about school vouchers and most of them will go like hey I'm, we like oh that is that what it is we're for it Hell but yeah. then uh, uh and then i'll ask them well you know is that a conservative who tends to support school vouchers they're like oh liberals, liberals. and i'm yeah. like no and then you know and then we'll wow. talk about like uh i believe that conservatives are in there well, why is that well you know they follow the money and you know the, the liberals want more public education mm -hmm. but not vouchers and you know so it's kind of fun to um it try to enlighten students on both sides again uh, they, a lot of times they'll go what do you think and i go i'll tell you in 2025 or you know i always yeah. say like five years after because yeah know, it's not it's not relevant because I don't want to influence them. I want them to come up with their own uh, opinions. It gets and it gets them to avoid to playing into the stereotypes, right? You just talked about vouchers. Mm -hmm. My initial guess that that was a liberal idea uh -huh. because that's how my brain was programmed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm and, right. Yeah. I couldn't be more wrong, yeah, yeah. you know. And and so many phases, right? Police brutality. If, yeah. um, if you're de if you're if you lean left, uh, the cops were out of line. If you mm -hmm. lean right, well all that guy had to do was listen to the police and he wouldn't have got his ass whooped, yeah. you know? Yeah, so yeah. it's, it's, um, yeah, it's one of those things that I was at when I, when I read that you were teaching that mm -hmm. I was like, how do we, I mean, we don't, we just, we just, we just make them constantly ask the question. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Is that how it works? Yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. just like it. I like, I believe in the constitution wholeheartedly. So I, um, I, I was, I was like to, you know, there's different ways to interpret it. That's where the discrepancy comes in. But, I always like to say, where does this tie into the Constitution? So one of my favorite uh, assignments is this constitutional notebook where they kids have to pick pick up pick assignments that interest them or news events that interest them, and they have to tie it back to the Constitution. So uh, you know we already completed it, but there was just one coming down in California where uh, K through eight you cannot um, suspend students. Uh, for like defiance, and so you know, well, we'll I'm sure that'll come up. And but like you know, where is that in the constitution? You know, does it young people's personal freedoms, and um, or is that a Tenth Amendment issue, state issue? Because you know, we're a liberal state, so you know, the thought is you know, get them in the classroom, or uh, you're uh, a majority of the student, or a lot of the students are. Uh, minorities. So this is, again, this is um, institutional racism to like get more minorities out more than others. And so, you know, it's, uh, 
Interesting. Yeah. So, but when you say protecting the the, uh, the Constitution, you're making reference to free speech. Uh, the first. It's Amendment? whatever they they pick the news article and then they tie it in. Right. But uh, you know, like they can only do one on the First Amendment because they could do thousands on the First Amendment. So they have to sprinkle it around. They have to do eight on the uh, amendments and four in the article. So like you know, like in impeachment article, you know, article two, section four, mm -hmm. like that's where talks about impeachment it's crazy because impeachment this uh, what a lot of people es escapes people that the subject matter comes up almost with every president and it's and it's rarely um this is now very publicized but, but the last big publicized impeachment was bill clinton yeah they were um contemplating doing the george bush mm -hmm. in fact um um nancy pelosi uh, didn't want to do it yeah you know because uh, well, it's because she was the one that had all the intel about the Iraq war. So if she impeached him, she would be, yeah, you know, she she's she's the one that, that signed off on it, even though there was no evidence in that weapons of mass destruction. So that's a that's a whole mm. other story. When you start when you start digging and sure. you know, I mean, it's crazy. The real journalists are the people who are, uh, who are the, the audience who are searching for the truth now. Maybe, you know, maybe this whole thing is just making people think a little better. Right? Yeah, that's crazy, man. Yeah, so. So shit, shit. How did that, how did volleyball come to that? Um, I had two fan questions. I'm, I want to okay. just make sure I get out of the way. Sure. Um, what's um, one of your better defining moments playing in um, El Camino? Playing um, at El Camino? Yeah, one uh, uh. a flash. <laughs> give us, give us, give us a flashback of a particular play. Um, I remember mm -hmm. our team was flat, and I was voted most inspirational player. And um, so there were, I thought I was going to set uh, my second year, but Nick Hanneman was, came and Nick Hanneman played an AVP final, was a lot better than I was. Uh, so then there were a lot of outside hitters. When, back when I played, there wasn't a libero and there was a, there was a two rotate, like I could go in the back row twice for somebody, but then at that point, the coach would have to decide, would we want like our six, five and up middle blocker or me in? And so the coach wisely discriminated and put in the six five to six eight player and took me out. No, so you're like this is nonsense. Yeah, but uh, so at one time we were flat, and so uh, you know he got to let me play in the front row and Pierce, and uh, I think I jetted two balls in a row at six foot tall, and not a crazy jumper. So I guess individually that that one probably stands out the most because it was rare that i got to go in the front row and i did and i jetted a couple balls and... i love it and everybody <laughs> yeah everybody, uh, we were every... on the road and we were yeah. losing so i don't think everybody went nuts but it may have like helped out my team uh the other thing i used to do is so back then it was uh, shared hitting which probably isn't the greatest idea because if somebody doesn't hit line hey why yeah. are you hitting anything past hitting us, gonna, and, uh, someone's gonna get cannoned but I, I took pride that I was a really good defender. So I would try to fire up my teammates by, um, I didn't see anybody else doing this, but like I dared the other team open net, like I'm going to try to dig you. Like I'm going to let you know that I don't need a block and oh, that I can just, you know. So, so you just so guys, position one. And yeah, so well, like, so guys would like, you know, set a 5-0 ball and try to like facial me. And I took that as a, like a personal pride. Like my reflexes are, quick enough like you will not do that yeah do you know my reflexes are were were, were, were and are quick too and i'm still i'm still scared to death mm. i am a fraidy cat okay. i'm like when i played in germany i'm mm. like i just wish i just wish someone would hit me in the face because mm -hmm. if i get hit in the face i don't have to worry about getting hit in the face and uh, i could just play volleyball uh, uh, <laughs> you know what i'm saying just life goes on you know <laughs> there's some balls i'm like i'm doing a switch to base three at position mm -hmm. one and as i'm switching i see that dude go up and i just keep going mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm just going, going off the court okay and everybody's like what the hell i'm like i'll live to fight another player you know i mean yeah. after a while you get the right coach that beats that out of you you know the, yeah. i played on a military team that, uh -huh. that helped me Okay. <laughs> Darmstadt, a military community team. Uh -huh. uh, we won. We actually finished um, third in the Army European Championship, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And well, my my moment, and it wasn't really great. It was bad. Is a match point. I hit out. Okay. Like I was the shortest person on that team, second uh -huh. shortest. Um, and I was hitting outside, left side, and it was this rare occasion. It's you know, it's not rally. It's mm -hmm. um, it's side out. 
and I'm right side and we get back from the timeout and everything, when you're in a zone, everything slows down. Everything moves at three quarter speed and you move at regular speed, you're like in the zone. So it was the one game where I was the leading killer because I should, I'm never, if I were the leading killer on that team, I would have been the opposite as a lefty instead uh-huh. of the six, eight guy was. So my setter looks at me and in slow motion, you know, this is going to mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. and I'm just like, boom. So set comes, I'm this way. And I look like I'm going to turn this way line and last minute just drop, mm-hmm. you know, double block. I've mm-hmm. done it a million times. Mm-hmm. Out. Out. Yeah, but you didn't, tip, you didn't tip it. You went for it. And yeah. It just happened to miss. And I, it was, but it was the first time I've ever, like, it was on me. Mm-hmm. And it was, and I'd never been so sure and been so wrong. Uh. It, that crushed me. Cause that was for the, um, that was it. That's for the champ. That was, you know, right. that was for the, that's for the big one. And, Everyone cheers you up. It's like, oh man, if you didn't play like that, it wouldn't have been, you know, it wouldn't have been 14, 13. So right. people put things in perspective, which retrospectively you find true. But at the time, you know, I'm not trying to hear shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I want to hear that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it's it crazy that one of my, my favorite moments was just a learning experience that, uh-huh. that and, you know, um, men's, and I tell my team this, the evolution team, we're both mm-hmm. evolution coaches. Men's mm-hmm. greatness is men's failed attempt at the pursuit of perfection. Uh-huh. You're not going to be perfect, but great is a hell of a consolation. Yeah. So that's what I always tell my kids. Yeah. That's good. How are your kids doing? Uh, I see your I, practice all the time before I come in. How are your kids doing? Oh, uh, they're getting better. We're, trying, we're getting better. We just try to get, you know, the cliche 1% better, just leave the gym better. And, and mm-hmm. we're doing that. Yeah, man. <laughs> I think you do that well. Yeah. I think you've, I think you've always done that well. Uh, um, some interesting partners you played with. Uh, Jason Persley was uh, somebody I grew up and we played tennis together with at Redondo. Like Beverly Hills, uh, Jason Persley. Uh, no, no, that's okay. uh, no Jason Persley, local DJ. Oh, okay. Guy. Um, yeah. I'm like, I'm thinking Beverly Hills no, 90210. No, 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 no. <laughs> no yeah, Jason was a long, it's a long time DJ. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, played on the AVP. He was the I mean, I'm not tying myself to him because he got better and he, but, you know, he had a win against like Loyola Steffes and uh, he, you know, he had a good little run there, I think for a couple, few years, but um, we played together in the late eighties. So that was fun because we played tennis together. So then, you know, volleyball, we started playing volleyball. When did you graduate with Dunder? 88. 88. Cool. I graduated 89. Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, mm -hmm. so that was yeah, that was fun. And then uh, my best friend was Ronnie Danell for a long time. Uh, we, uh, he, he, he was a local guy. He went to South and um, in Rolling Hills, and we played together at El Camino. Mm-hmm. And uh, so th- those are my probably the two that jump out at me. But uh, you know, I love playing down at 16th Street. I was a 16th Street Hermosa guy. I lived in small little holes in the walls and. You know, played with um, against Ack a lot. Ack was he that was his spot, yeah. and he he was the man. And uh, he was always kind to me, which uh, I appreciated. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's rare, right? And it's 16th Street, uh, right? Yeah, well, kind. yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, I think those guys. You know, I was young. I was a uh, uh, you know uh, poor. I worked at the Chart House, so a lot of those guys fit that description. Although, you know, there were some guys that came from you know, or Costa guys who came from, but uh, down there we were all equals. And uh, I loved, I loved my time there. That was so much fun. You just could roll down mm-hmm. and uh, play a game and it wasn't all set up like it is now, but you know, I mean, things change, but uh, yeah. you know, it was, it was, it was a special time. I know Marine street was that way. It was like, you could roll up. And then if you're, you won the workup game, you got to go, take your thumping from Javi Dodd and yep. uh because yeah. they weren't going to surrender that yeah Jason scored talk, and... <laughs> yeah I talked to Jason Olive he said Moline Street was was mm-hmm. big um I had actually I had Jason on the podcast uh-huh you you I, you may know him or not yeah I, think, yeah, I know he I is, think but... uh, to me I think you know everybody yeah, yeah, because yeah. to me you're like the six degrees of separation yeah, yeah. like everybody knows someone through you it's like sure, the yeah. Kevin Bacon yeah. of volleyball sure. six degrees yeah so so I um Ed Keller who actually uh-huh. lives on 16th. Um, yeah. That's that's how I found out about that. He visited New York and played some Central Park sand with me. We had two sand courts there. Okay. And um, first time I came there, you know, he introduced me to some people and I'm like, hey, what's good? How you doing? And they just, they're in the shades and they're just 
you know, fucking mean mugging people, uh-huh. you know, look, you know, look, and I'm, I'm just like, all right, that's not my scene. <laughs> you know, right, then right, they, right. I came back at them from a different angle and finally got to talk. I'm like, all right, these guys are all cool. But I'm like, the first time I met them, I'm like, why are you even looking at me like that? Right, and, right. You know, I came to you correcting you. And, and I'm like, where I'm from, if someone looks at Dude, where I'm from, if someone looks at you like that, it means something. It's different. It means something different. Don't do that, you know, because not everybody every now and then you're going to run into someone like me or someone someone worse than me. That's going to that's going to, you know, it's going to pop you in your mouth. Don't you know? So um, so that my first experience, you know, and he just tried to make introduce people there, but they were just like, oh, they were so into themselves. But (laughs) I, I think I think I just misunderstood them. Yeah, you know, I mean, I like, think, I think it's just misunderstood. But I'm like, dude, you're not hard. Right, right. You know, I'm not about that life either. It's just sure. where I grew up. Where I grew up, you can diagnose people, and you know, okay, that guy's about that life. That that dude is not. You know, so. Yeah, I mean, it's it can be, uh, <laughs> you know, stupid territorialism, or this guy might be better than me, or threat. Yeah. You know, who knows? I mean, I I don't know Jake Gibb, but I'm aware of the story. Like he's gonna. Sell, he's going to go for the volleyball dream and he can't get a game. Yeah. Because, like, who are you? Huh. You know, you, Johnny Utah. Yeah. And, and uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, like, and, uh, you know, like, or, or, you know, what, you know, like, he's from Point Utah. Break. And, Point break. You know, and so the fact that, um, you know, that, that can happen because there's, there's, there's ego. I mean, mm-hmm. like, hopefully it's mellowed down there now that we're, at least the group that I was down there were all approaching 50 or above. Nice. And hopefully that's yeah. subsided a little. Yeah. But yeah. And, and that's how I felt. For <laughs> me, there are people that are just misunderstood. And there's some people that are just beholes. They're, they're misunderstood. They're the family. They're, they're all right. You know, I was just, I was just trying to reflect my first experience with him. Yeah. Cause yeah. Ed Keller, you know, if you've ever talked to him, mm-hmm, whether time. he's on 16th street or, or in New yeah. York or whatever, he's the same Ed Keller. Yeah. Yeah. He's not, he's always you know, outgoing. He's not, positive. he's not a different person. Yeah. Yeah. So, we were on the same, uh, six-man teams we were on team monster in the uh, early 90s oh, that's and cool. uh, yeah so we were on the same six-man team i was the old like you know i'm older than those guys and they would you know call me coach and uh but you know then at some point uh uh you know that's John a lot Fox, of a lot sorry. of the long long a lot of long beach state guys yeah uh, would be uh on the team and then uh, you know like i'm not a big drinker guy mm-hmm. and uh, you know six man like i like to play and then i was is that brent hilliard back then? uh brent hilliard was not on the team um okay. they were like clint co yeah. was one and uh zach, maybe zach small and then, uh, uh one year uh, i forgot the, the olympian guy i mean like they were great yeah and uh and then so i quickly got out of the lineup because there were a lot better dudes just upgrading <laughs> just upgrading yeah well, in New York, um, before there were the beach courts, Central Park had um, hardtop floors. Okay. And in the summertime, you have, first of all, you have Washington Heights. So it's basically Dominican land. Everyone's mm-hmm. from Santo Domingo, Mocha, guys flying back and forth from the national team, right? Mm-hmm. So then you got the Russians from Brighton Beach, right? Then you got the Polish guys from South Brooklyn. You got the Koreans from Flushing. And then you got people on vacation in new york from italy from russia oh i play and then we set up these fours games mm-hmm. no back row um and not just like 16th street you see them just set ocean side yeah to ocean side setting no we're they're running shotguns front uh-huh. one back ones uh-huh. x's setters i'm a i'm left-handed setter uh-huh. <laughs> i'm front row i'm hitting on too right. and it is one of these things that's only attractive because the difference between this and 16th street is 16th street is uh-huh. There are volleyball players that know they play there and they come to watch. Okay. Where Central Park, there are people that are walking by. Uh-huh. They don't play volleyball. Some don't even play sports. And they're mm-hmm. just walking by and they're like, holy shit, this uh-huh. is serious. You yeah, know, yeah, basketball yeah. people. So it's one of those things that attracted a different um, demographic of people. Mm-hmm. Just, um, I'll just call them the everybody else. <laughs> you know, just everybody else. And mm-hmm. that. So I had a little bit of that feel when I went to 16th Street. Because uh-huh. at the end of the day, off the court, there's this community thing. And, yeah. and, that's, and that's something that can't be replaced that group uh-huh. you're with uh-huh. um and i'm I, I guess i'm trying to convey uh, my, my my um similar sentiment yeah uh, in comparison yeah that it's someone and this they're still playing out there and, uh-huh. now, and now everyone's smartened up they're not playing hard top anymore right, the ones right. that can still walk uh-huh. <laughs> um yeah um the group is irreplaceable yeah. you know, they'll never be um these time periods they'll never be they might be better or worse but they'll never be another group like that yeah. you know and and i think the same thing for 16th street maybe yeah yeah uh, yeah it's um 
it's a shame some of the you know people have passed on but it was a you know we gamble um you know some of the other fellows did some other curricular activities that i wasn't into but i like to gamble yeah and uh, we'd be pitching quarters seeing we kick a ball over posts for money and there'd be a lot of money changing hands poker liars poker it was like you know kind of a good old boys club and uh yeah, and the volleyball was good and highly competitive like i like to compete yeah uh if we're gambling i want to win and if we're playing volleyball i want to win so um yeah. a lot of those guys you know were kind to me because when i first went down there i think i was like 19 and um they liked to gamble i like to gamble they were talking about horse races i grew up at the racetrack and my grandparents raised me and we never we sometimes we didn't have the money to eat on per se but if we had a hundred dollars for our name we were at hollywood park santa anita and if we didn't lose it all we'd go to the night races at los al and yes. so you know like the fact that i knew my horse racing game and i knew how to play poker and all that stuff like so they they embraced me pretty quickly and then my my mother was a surfer uh my my uncle brian surfed the hermos pier for 40 years and a lot of my family went to shores so um, i don't want to say there's a um shady element of 16th street but there there could be <laughs> no it's and I, and <laughs> not shady but uh, yeah. just like an unperfect um upbringing and that, that's all of us and i would suggest it's the imperfections that make it perfect yeah i no, think no, yeah. you have diverse people you have um you know we lost one of our own in central mm -hmm. park guy named john rose uh -huh. the dude's a psychotic mm -hmm. the dude is yelling at his partner he's he he can't handle the fact he lost to someone that he's better than next you know he's throwing a ball at someone's nuts yeah, yeah. you know what i'm saying and, sure. and they're going at it and but that guy passed away we were just mm -hmm crushed right we were just crushed because you know years in you know people i mean you know beginning when you first hit them you know you first see them it's like oh he passed away good <laughs> you know but, yeah. but no no after a while they become um family i'll just use the other yeah. they just become family yeah. just family with different last names yeah. i always tell people because i'm estranged from my family mm -hmm. um i don't really talk to anyone right. um i have family different yeah. last names yeah, and yeah. um and i think i would suggest as i was saying before yeah man you 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 love your brother you love the brother that you don't like yeah, yeah. <laughs> you still love the brother that you don't like yeah. that that's annoying that's a pain in the ass or this dude's that that dude's that so that's so cool man so uh, speaking of family um mm -hmm. you lost both parents uh no, my, my uh my father's still alive okay uh, i lost my mother at nine um, my parents had divorced and, uh, I would, I had grown up to Redondo. We, my, my mom, uh, at the time was a secretary at Northrop and we went to live up in PV, uh, not because we had any money, but, uh, somebody she worked up with Northrop, uh, had divorced her husband and we were renting a room. Mm -hmm. And, um, so we went to go visit my father. This was the summer of my summer of 79 and I'm going into the fourth grade. And then my uh, parents had a, uh, we were there to visit my father over in Goodman, uh, about a block and a half from Maricosta on the Redondo side, uh, was where we used to live. And we were visiting and my parents started to argue. And then uh, at some point uh, I stepped in between them and I go, can you guys stop arguing? And then uh, my father pulled out a, uh, a knife. My mom told me to run, so I ran. And then my dad uh, killed my mother. And so then I had to uh, testify against him in court. So he's been in prison ever since. So he's been in, uh, incarcerated for uh, over 40 years now. Wow. Still? And, yes, he's oh. still uh, there. I went and visited him first time uh, about three years ago. And it was just to let him know like that I forgive him and, um, and, that, uh, and I don't hold any ill will. I mean, I, of course, I wish my mother would have been still alive. We were close. Uh, my mom was a surfer and uh and we had a great relationship and my dad he worked a lot and he you know he had a bad reputation uh the, some of the older people uh old school redondo will say oh your father um yeah you know threat yeah <laughs> uh, let's just say he was expelled from redondo for threatening to kill a teacher and the reason why i know this is because uh about four years ago i go hey i've heard some stories about my father and can i see my father's records because i work at redondo and so uh i asked for like my student records and his and uh, yeah there was something in there about him uh uh threatening to kill a teacher and so they moved him to shores 
Oh dear. So like a history of that. Yeah. 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 I mean, he was kind of a bully. Uh, he was a break wall surfer guy and he kind of had a hard reputation mm-hmm. and, um, you know, then, you know, time goes on, stories change, but I mean, you know, I worked at the chart house for 10 years. I was a bartender waiter and started as a salad guy and then worked my way up the bar back bus boy. But, you know, there could be some hardcore, sometimes, you know, locals would come in and I remember this one time, this, uh, guy, I go, oh, you seem like you're, oh yeah, I grew up here. I used to surf out here. And then I go, oh, you know, who my dad is. And he goes, who's your dad? I go, Tom Chaffins. And then like when, you know, <laughs> we could have a private moment. He goes, I served time with your father. Your father took me under his wing and blah, 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 blah. And yeah. so anyway. So, <laughs> no, nah, I guess, well, the, the end part of what you said, and I don't mean to use that as a straw person analysis, uh, um, that maybe even, maybe even where he is right now, if he's, trying to find some form of redemption, some form of way to atone or whatever, and this and that, like what you just said, the story about how this guy here time with your father. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's this mistake that um, everyone's, everyone regrets for the rest of, of whatever life he has left. Um, so yeah. Certainly took a, um, certainly took a chunk away from you. And, and yet here you sit. Well, you I know? took, I took an attitude when I was nine um, that I could have died that day. And so I've always been happy-go-lucky. Anybody who's known me, um, you know, like there are no bad days. Um, I can walk, talk, see. I have no, I have. You're coaching. Like every, I, I, I you're live, coaching volleyball. Coach, your, your, your escapism is your, is your yeah. career. Yeah, I, mean, I, co- <laughs> I, coach, I coach volleyball, which I love. I have a, you know, beautiful wife, daughter. I live, I work where I I read John Wooden's book when I was 15. They call me coach and I knew I was going to, I thought I was going to be a basketball coach because I play basketball, still do. Mm-hmm. But um, I just always knew I was going to, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a coach and a teacher and I'm going to mentor men, which I haven't done because I've been coaching just girls for a little while. Well, hell, I could use a mentor, Tommy. <laughs> Tommy. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> but um, so I'm looking for, uh, so I just always knew. So I was blessed that I had direction in my life. Like I want to be a school teacher. I want to teach at Redondo because I went to uh, coast in my freshman year. And, uh, you know, I just didn't, I'd gone to Redondo schools my whole life. So I just didn't know anyone at Costa. And I was, a, you know, get my clothes at the Salvation Army, mm-hmm. Goodwill. And uh, in the preppy 80s, that's probably not a good look at an no. upper middle class school. Mm-hmm. And, no, I don't uh, think much is changing that, but go ahead. And, uh, you know, the, people were, weren't mean to me, you know, and I'm not always the most social guy to begin with. So, uh, but you know, when I went to Redondo, I was like, oh, this is so home for me. This is where, you know, and then when I read that book, probably a month into being at Redondo, they call me coach. Like I knew my life's goal or my life's mission. What was the book called again? They call me coach by John Wooden. And, uh, you know, so I read it and he was a basketball coach and he wanted to coach young men. So, uh, you know, he was a, uh, he's been my role model, my, uh, since I was like 15. Yeah. Um, so I had a good role model, Coach mm-hmm. John Wooden, who's influenced so many people, you know, with this pyramid of success and as two sets of three, don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal, don't whine, don't complain, don't make excuses. And, um, you know, the definition of success, which is peace of mind, which is a direct self-satisfaction of knowing you became the best that you're capable of. Um, so, you know, like somebody who grew up dirt poor, I like that version of success versus Webster's dictionary. It mm-hmm. says it's like an accumulation of wealth. Well, when you're dirt poor, that mm-hmm. seems so far off. But the other one, I could achieve. Be the best me. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, yeah. Like I, I, my path. Look, my real father, I never met. Mm-hmm. And and considering your story right now, I think never meeting my father's um, feels more like a win. Uh-huh. Um, left my mom with a dollar. Okay. She used the dollar to go on welfare. Uh-huh. All right. My mom, a strong African-American woman. Uh-huh. So welfare for three years, but at the same time, was putting herself through school. Uh-huh. John Jay undergrad. Went to Fordham Law School and did up um, just making her own money. Got uh-huh. us the hell out of Cary Gardens. Uh-huh. For those of you guys that, that live in New York, um, there's Carroll Gardens where rich people are and the Italian joints are. And there's a place called Cary Gardens in Coney Island okay. where there's these projects where 
there's just so much bad activity going on and it's across the street from the beach so from from above it looks like oh he lives next to the beach but mm-hmm. there no just everyone you know people getting beat up in the street a group of roaches that cannot be stomped exterminated or beat down um got us the hell out of there when i was nine so that was my transition when i was nine yeah. you know met had, my, met my big years at nine yeah yep. <laughs> oh definitely they called me dr spock uh, <laughs> they were big and pointy okay. um so then my mom remarried uh-huh. and then that's where i met my my um uh childhood idol my father my okay father okay iron worker old school humphrey bogart mm-hmm. you know slick hair type thing guy that takes his lunch pail to work you know does blueprints schematics wells you know wells paint stripes uh he was the uh foreman at american ironworks oh, okay. um, um because american at the time had ironworks glass carpentry they weren't just locksmiths mm-hmm. and they eventually just got rid of the ironworks department but um he's the one that taught me the same thing like john wouldn't inspire you just come mm-hmm. to work be humble mm-hmm. don't and it's so similar when you're talking about him like that's him check check mm-hmm. check don't make excuses. Don't, don't, you know, nobody, nobody, you know, nobody's going to feel sorry for you. You you know, you can, you know, I, he's, it's just crazy. You, you, I mean, you took a similar path. That's a, definitely a little bit more extreme, but it's mm-hmm. amazing. I've always wanted to have you on the podcast because mm-hmm. every time I, I talk to you, I always, I always feel like I'm way over here mm-hmm. East. Okay. You're way over there West. Mm-hmm. I, um, the, the, the way we came up couldn't have been, more different and yet here we are sitting here with a like-minded mentality of educating our I mean, turning these young men these young boys into men mm-hmm. shaping people's lives yeah. um um just through volleyball right through volleyball making people better human beings where finding a way where our escapism mm-hmm. becomes our career mm-hmm. um and find a way to delve in it and at the same time not not have it consume us yeah you know sometimes you're, you're it consumes all... me because i think about volleyball all the time yeah. <laughs> do you know what my escapism is now uh, uh, uh performing okay uh, my major in college is theater uh-huh. performance right. i was in the bfa program at mary mountain Manhattan college uh-huh. and twice a week i sing karaoke uh-huh. twice twice a week um whatever's going on mm-hmm. i have if I'm, I'm upset me and kelly had an argument mm-hmm. or whatever because mm-hmm. we don't even have big fights anymore right, right. Politics of politics mm-hmm. debates, uh-huh. um, but if I have something to say, I will sing a song that has nothing to do with my sentiment, mm-hmm. and I connect with all the people, mm-hmm. and they, all of a sudden they're they're invested and they care, and the next person comes up, they do it, and the next person comes up, and now like twice a week, there's this group of people, mm-hmm. different walks of life, theater performers, some are actors, some mm-hmm. are um, this this person's an architect, that person um, is in politics, um, of course, Greg Faulkner, mm-hmm. he's my my partner in crime, if you know who he is. Yeah, I know the name. Yeah, well, anyone has played, you've played in Smackfest, mm-hmm. or uh-huh. you play Manhattan Sixes. He's the mm-hmm. Cal North, the black guy. Okay. Cal Northers guy. The okay. rest of the way is just, you know, <laughs> it's worthy. So, okay. But I'm just amazed uh, uh, that we have those similar paths. So, mm-hmm. that is so, so your escapism is your career. How do you deal? Um, I just look forward to going to work every day. Um, you know, I feel blessed. I, teach where I used to sit in government. So I kind of kid that I live Groundhog Day because where when I go to work, I mean, that's where I was in 1988, my senior year, Mr. Goddard's government class. Uh, you mentioned John Fox. I remember John Fox yeah, and I being watching in, this. Okay, I remember John and I having the, the uh, Mr. Goddard, um, who was a former Marine. He was the former principal at our school. He uh, was a uh, Green Beret lawyer and a sheriff in Lenox. So I just used to be like in kind of an awe of that guy. Like do one of those is pretty impressive. And uh, I remember like I liked the way he taught his class. Not that I teach the way he did, but um, so I feel blessed that I. Yeah. What did he teach? Uh, government. So that's okay. where we had government uh, with, with, with Fox. Uh, yeah. And um, so anyway, I just was always I feel blessed to go to work and have purpose like I just wanted to be a mentor to young men and uh, even though I haven't coached them in a little while and I am this year and I'm going to do the Redondo JV boys with uh, under Kevin Norman yeah. um, you know, so I kind of feel like I'm going to get back to you know what I feel God's purpose for me was is to mentor young people but now I'm back towards maybe mentoring young men because uh, yeah. I be, I got into it and probably you too is like we didn't have the father figure in our lives and uh, hopefully these young men do have their father figures but 
some of them don't. And uh, hopefully I can be somebody that, you know, some young man may go, hey, this guy, he had it tough, but he overcame. Like there is a way to overcome. Or maybe, you know, sometimes if people hear my story, like, oh, wow, maybe my situation, while you still have to deal with it, isn't as grave as I think. Yeah. I mean, like, look at this guy. He came out all right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, I fair and fair, and I don't think it's a form of therapy of any no. anything. But uh, early, on, like on the about the second or third day of my classes, I'll I'll share with them, like you know, just it's about I try to keep it under twenty minutes. About like you know, I grew up. I talk about the day. I talk about the trial. I talk about growing up with my grandparents. I talk about um, you know living in a place that's smaller than this room. Um, on 16th street for like five or six years, but I didn't care. I loved it. I had a bed, I had a toilet, I had a shower and I was a half a block from playing volleyball and surfing down 16th street. Like people sometimes would look like you live here. I'm like, yes, I do. And yeah. I love it. There it is. It's <laughs> straight and simple. Yeah. yeah. And I uh, mean, what the hell if you've never had like good marinara sauce, if yeah. you had like noodles and ketchup your whole life, what the hell yeah. do you care? Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. no. Oh man. That's, that's cool, dude. So yeah. yeah and I think, um, that's where I've always wanted to go. I've, I've done college for like 12 years, uh -huh. um, 15 years uh -huh. NCAA, um, 10 as a head coach uh -huh. and, and New York city kids and, and the sport of volleyball. On NCAA teams, I'm always going to have three kids that have limited experience and one or, have, one or two have none. Mm -hmm. 12, you know, small roster, 13 kids. And I'm like, wow, this kid just walked in. He wants to do volleyball. He's never played high school. He's never whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going against God knows who, mm -hmm. you know, in a few weeks. And I always, there's always, on all of my teams, there's always one or two kids that never played the sport because I feel like through volleyball and the way I'm coaching volleyball and the way I present their options, I make them better human beings. Yeah, yeah. You know? And it's no wonder the one, the one thing I love about volleyball players is one thing I hate. Like, there are some players out there I talk to, I'm like, dude, just because just this dude does this sport better than most, he thinks he can do everything else better than most. Uh -huh. And I'm like, you're a dick. Uh -huh. But at the same time, it shaped him. Volleyball is the one that shaped him to be competitive in this and that. So it's not there. Maybe they're not. Maybe again, maybe I'm misdiagnosing people mm -hmm. all over again, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and I try not to become what I despise and maybe, but maybe I don't despise. Mm -hmm. I, I, it's weird. I'm, I'm, I'm off the deep end right now, but it's so mm -hmm. weird because what you just said made me think about, yeah. um, where I guess where I want to go next. <laughs> Well, you know, I was at LMU last year, I was um, the director of beach volleyball operations with John Mayer. Okay. You know, I remember course. watching him in high school uh, yeah. at the, uh, he, he played at TO. Yep. And um, <laughs> I'm really good at remembering matches, games, stats. And I thought I had a pretty good team and like we're losing and we lost. I'm like, how did we lose to those guys? But I remember John Mayer. I'm like, it's because of that little lefty. Like he just crushed us. Yeah. Well, that little lefty was John Meyer, so or John Meyer, so it ended up making me down the road feel a little better about the loss because that guy was a superstar and yeah. had one of the rangiest wrists. I remember working like His, a Pepperdine. It's like a, it's poison. Yeah, it's I like mean, I've, I've never seen such range from a <laughs> mm -hmm. wrist. Do a and, video of John Mayer. And then um, I remember, uh, you know, a couple of years later, I'm working the. Uh, Pepperdine volleyball camps, and I think he had just recently won the title at at, at the six one generous. You know, I think he's my height. I mean, he's not he's not, but he's you don't see guys at his height just just no. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, you, you occasionally do like a Taylor or, yeah. or a crab, but but those but you remember them. There's so few you them. remember them. And, uh, I we're, remember we're talking about 10 years apart between yeah. him and, and Taylor. Yeah. Cobb. Sean, Sean Rooney was working yeah. the camp. It was his college I'm, roommate. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, it was, it was kind of fun just to be out on the court with them at like at the Marv Dunphy camps, like the coaches will have a little scrimmage or something. And yeah. just like, damn, all, pep all Pepperdine guys too. <laughs> My favorite coach, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, favorite people bob yeah. stavertlik went there right jeff stork went there think about yeah. all the, this group of just consummate nice guys i'm like okay that's the nice guy school yeah, yeah. uh i remember going to a coach's clinic there um like pre-gold medal squared it was a gold yeah. medal squared concepts but they didn't call it gold medal squared 
Um, it was like in the early mid uh, 97-ish. Bill Ferguson and I were like kind of two of the younger people. And there was only like 20, 24 people. And I just thought like, wow, I'm getting all this great knowledge. Like all these other people I'm trying to beat, they're not here. And I'm getting this knowledge. I remember Coach Dumphy, like I had to go up. He had to go, oh, he had to go to the office and he goes, you know who that is? Because I don't think he knows, thinks that, you know, some younger people know. I go, do I know who that is? That is my idol. That's John yeah. Wooden because he did yep. his dissertation Jesus. on John Wooden. You got starstruck? So, so the fact <laughs> you got that, starstruck? So I think he always remember, hey, this guy might be on it. Like he knows who John Wooden is. And, um, you know, so like you were saying, like I try to teach life lessons through the sport of, fair and fair spent a lot of my life trying to learn the sport but like you were saying the sport itself is irrelevant but teaching the life lessons through it is and um, i hope that the you know i've coached uh, 52 different teams i'm hoping that uh, i think if you ask any of those people that i have coached that they know that i cared more about them as a person yeah. than teaching the sport now look i want to win but if we don't but if we just um if they just remember like, oh, I made them a little better volleyball player, that'd be kind of disappointing to be frank. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, that's not why I did this. No. I mean, because anyone that doesn't coach the actual sport can probably have a, a just an equal chance of doing it, but not maybe not with a better quality. Um, yeah. So definitely winning. I think when you take care of conditioning, when you take care of someone's mentality, and I think winning comes on its own. I think yeah. you, you, some of these kids, they, they have like this fellowship, they become emotionally invested next to you, yeah. know, they're playing harder for each other or mm -hmm. for you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and John, let me say something, I've been coaching indoor for 21 years. Mm -hmm. John, and I use the beach volleyball course to, to, to help me prep for indoor, because mm -hmm. New York is only three months, four months out of the year. Mm -hmm. So I used it, I came back the best blocker, I came back the fastest digger, mm -hmm. you know, so defensively it's helped me. But the first time I ever thought about coaching volleyball, Mm -hmm. I met John in Mexico. Okay. Vol volleyball vacations thing. My girl was uh -huh. there for the tournament. Uh -huh. And I was there for um, just um, just a chill. But mm -hmm. there was this thing called X practice, a play against the pros. Okay. So, I, listen, I'm a ball. I've sat mm -hmm. for Bar Mesa. We won mm -hmm. nationals twice. Mm -hmm. Paul Lamb, we won nationals. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, two years in Germany. Uh, but getting on that beach... Ooh, you know, and, and I, I mean, I train with beach guys and I know, mm. you know, Ehor and these guys, they're all good players, but I, I played against John. I, they, he gave, they gave me Ty Trambley, mm -hmm. right? Um, if you, Newport you Harbor, Ty. class of 99. Yep. Yeah. And Northridge kid. Another yeah. nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. I remember um, yeah, and, um, playing them in the quarterfinals yep. or at the Santa Barbara tournament and that. That guy never lost a joust. No. Ty. Oh, he's just, he, it's, right? It's a B second. Oh, he, was a, he was a good, great setter, great leader. You got but... something over there? Just click on that for a second. Watch his hands. Just nectar. He's set for Pepperdine, too. Uh oh. That's true. He was just uh, That's cool. so smooth. I mean, his attack lines, really like how he, could just, how he could just constantly score on the beach mm -hmm. versus. You mm -hmm. know, the beasts of the game, the Dollhousers, their Gibbs, yep. and like you, you know. Yeah, so so here's the thing. Um, he does this jump floater, like a mm -hmm. little serve to space. Mm -hmm. I'm lefty, he, he's lefty, so he goes to my right shoulder because mm -hmm. he, he sees the um, sometimes I wear a pepper or whatever. Mm -hmm. When I move this way, I'm facing you, mm -hmm. but then my arms go this way. So when, I, when that happens, the arms are going both up as opposed to facing the platform mm -hmm. where, where one goes up, one must come down, blah, blah, blah. Um, First three serve, boom, boom. You know, um, mm -hmm. one was an ace. You know, uh, mm -hmm. a bunch Ty brought back with his hands, mm -hmm. um, and every all my friends are like Jason, you all right? And I'm like, I'm fine. So, uh, but the one thing I remember, and this is a pretty cool memory. Um, I'm in the I'm in the hatch, like uh, a base one, a uh, one block defense, mm -hmm. just cross court, and um, and I just step up because I know he's, you know. He, uh, he's with Ty blocking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's probably going to try to abuse him. So he risked away and he put a ball so hard and it, hit, it hits a part of the sand mm -hmm. where it just bounces straight up. Right. So everyone just starts cracking up and I'm just like, Fuck, and you know, mm -hmm. and then, but the interesting thing was the next play, I got served and I'm mm -hmm. left handed and I risked mm -hmm. away and he stood in the hatch mm -hmm. and I hit the same shot he hit mm -hmm. and the same, and it was weird. It's, you'll never see the, the you know, those funny bounces happen mm -hmm. once or whatever. Mm -hmm. It happened two bounces in a row. So I mm -hmm. bounced the same uh, thing back to him. He beat mm -hmm. me 15 for a rally. We just played one game rally, right, right. but it was one of those things where it was one of those things where he's like, okay, you know, I'm, you had, you I'm, this is a much better, but respect. You, you, know? had, you had your moment. Yeah. And um, <laughs> he was a, 
uh, um, a noted introvert. So mm-hmm. like at dinner, you know, he's sitting alone and I'm like, I probably must be left alone, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so I sit next to him anyway and I just start chatting about coaching. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, cool. And we, we chat about coaching. Then the next day, bre- you know, everyone's, everyone's uh, getting breakfast and he's sitting by himself. I'm like, all right, I got him once. I'm going to leave this dude alone. Yeah. So what he does is he picks up his tray and he comes and he sits next to me and mm. says, so I want to continue the conversation about coaching. Yeah. So him and Deron Forbes are the two reasons I got uh, involved in beach volleyball. Mm. They didn't know me from a can of paint. Uh-huh. They took a liking. They saw my resume and mm. they gave me a shot. And I am eternally grateful. So yeah. that was just a little story I wanted to share with John Mayer. With, yeah. With that. He has those great yeah. coaching. My brain's out. I yeah. listened to a lot Good of podcast. those. Yeah. And, Him and uh, Billy Allen. Yeah. And, uh, yeah a revolving pretty, guest. They're pretty funny. Yeah. I think for me to make this better, my revolving guest, uh, Jeff Samuels. Uh, okay. um, I, I don't know. He's in Michigan right now, but uh-huh. he is hilarious. My favorite podcast, so as far as humor is concerned, we mm-hmm. had Doug Namashenta, who was Ricardo's coach. Okay. And we talked about things like you and me mm-hmm. that had nothing to do with volleyball and just the two of the three of us together. Especially Jeff, it, we just couldn't. I, I I don't I don't remember the last time I laughed that hard on the podcast. Oh, good. You know, you have to look at Joe Rogan, who, by the way, is a comedian. Yeah, yeah, you know, who has yeah. like-minded comedians because uh-huh. that, that's how he started his podcast. So, yeah. But um, wow. Oh man, you got somewhere to be at two thirty, right? Uh, no, I don't. Because uh, I mean, like, no, I don't. Because uh, usually I do, but it's just my daughter doesn't have school today, so we're good. Oh, just okay. No, Miranda's like I, but, however. But, uh, I don't want to bore. Where, where you at, camera I girl? Bore where is she? Audience or... Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I do. Um, no, at some point we're going to stop anyway because I usually, uh-huh. uh, right now there I I do it from an hour to an hour and ten minutes. Okay. At some point we're going to do two for people who have time. Okay. My, okay. my bladder is huge. I don't even okay. have to go to the bathroom. Okay. Um, <laughs> he's a TMI. Mm-hmm. <laughs> TMI. But um, so you make states uh, semifinals. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got a lot of your girls uh, uh, coming back, graduating. Um, yeah. The can you share with me some of their uh, what they've told you as far as shared shared experience or parents it's parents that come up to you as far as just this season, the last couple of seasons is concerned. Um, what's funny is uh, I have a reputation that uh, I'm pretty distant from my parents. Mm-hmm. And even my players to a degree, although they know that I'm there for them. But uh, I tell them I keep my distance because uh, I don't want it to cloud my judgment for what's best for our team and our program. And so mm-hmm. uh, if I get too close to a player, it may cloud my judgment. And at the end of the day, I want what's best for our team. Yeah. And um so I think at the end of the day, the parents appreciate that I try to teach life lessons first. And I know my players know that. And um, but so to, so do I know if it's there? Um, I think I do after the fact, but uh, it would probably be best to, you know, to, you know, to take some sort of poll right. for them. But, you know, like when we do well, I get texts from former players or we're going to play a big game. I get text from former players and uh so like in my heart i know that uh i'm if i'm hard on them it's to make them better people for life because Mm -hmm. life throws us all major curveballs and if they don't know how to adjust it i think that's a that's why volleyball is so great because we all have to deal with uh even you know the the great carrie walsh one of the greatest players of all plays like she has to overcome adversity and nobody goes um you know Nobody is on, goes undefeated for the year. And how do we deal with setbacks or injury, you know, things that uh, make life a little more complicated or challenges in life? Yeah, 100%. And you're right, man. It's, it's, there is no undefeated, man. It's, mm. Even your great seasons. I mean, you, you, it's really hard for you not to straw man the one loss if, you're, if you finish 38 and 1. Right, right. You know, I had a season where my seniors at Hunter High School. Mm-hmm. Bunch of academics, kids. Mm-hmm. Um, just spent four years living in a video room with me, understanding mm-hmm. the game and just mm-hmm. being smarter than everybody. Mm-hmm. They lead the nation in two categories. Um, mm-hmm. Cumulative SAT scores mm-hmm. and Ivy League application acceptance. Mm-hmm. These kids were smart. 
I had yeah. to kick him out of the video. I want to be alone. Yeah. And we still remember the one loss. It was 30, yeah. it was a 38 and one record, their senior right. campaign in 2014. Right. Great year for both of us. We right. won the PSALs. Um, Madison Square Garden gave me coach of the year and uh -huh. the Street City. So uh -huh. um and the weird thing is I didn't really appreciate the whole parent kid things until I started coaching club. Uh-huh. And where, like you said, it's clouded your judgment. For me, the four four years with evolution, Duncan, uh -huh. every bless this man's heart. Uh -huh. yeah. Um, for me, it's enhanced mine. Uh -huh. <laughs> I put a kid in the game who's on the end of the bench, right. uh, a match point, 1413 to uh -huh. uh, at Anaheim two right. days a couple of days ago. Right, right. And the kid jump served an ace. Uh -huh. And then the parents come up to me and he one of the parents says, Man, you got a big pair of balls. <laughs> like, cause when I put him in, uh -huh. like the parents were like, Oh, obviously Jason's thinking. Uh -huh. I don't, well, I don't know what the hell he's thinking. <laughs> what? <laughs> so I, I think it only enhanced it because I play my hunches mm -hmm. um, more often than not over analytics. I'm yeah, still yeah. very old school like that. Sure. You know, there's, there's no statistical evidence that that kid's going to help you that play the next couple of plays. Look at his past, look at whatever. No, I, I, got, I got, you know, I got a feeling about this one. Right. No, yeah, I think I like both. Um, yeah. Especially like to at least um like for this year my girls team we had um i believe i had 14 division one college players on my roster now only nine had officially signed but the, the other five are going to uh i like cammy is probably going to go to stanford yeah. cammy minor yeah. um, junior youth national team melee coral blagovich is a top I think she's the best yeah. freshman in the country. What, what about the libero? Uh, our libero has gone to Texas. Oh, I mean, but like, man, you know, that girl is good, yeah. Tommy. Yeah. Sorry, but, but they all know she. I, I had a, a lot of immense talent, <laughs> and uh, so I just like the statistics because uh, at the end of the day, if it's a statistical tie, then I'll go with my hunch. But if you were coaching me, and let's say we were battling for a job, and you chose her over me. And you didn't have some sort of statistical data, I'd probably have a problem with you. Yeah. Um, and then if, you know, I probably would have a problem with you. Let's say we tied almost every category and you went with your hunch, but I could probably live with that yeah. versus you just telling me like, I know better. And you probably do know better. Yeah. But I just know as a younger player, I don't think I would accept that. I mean, I got into volleyball down at the beach, um, for, started playing at like the Hermosa Pier because there was no coach. I love that. Like me and my partner have to figure it out against you and yours. And I've always thought I can analytically break, break yeah. my opponent down when I play tennis or, um, yeah. you know, other, other sports. Like mm -hmm. I would always, I was just, I was always thinking well, that, about that. But that's why playing your hunch is such a rare thing. Yeah. Like you just, like you just mentioned in the beginning of your diatribe that, um, mm -hmm. the, um, neither one stands on its own. I, yeah, right. I am, I am a numbers person. Mm -hmm. I, I like you. Mm -hmm. I, I know that guy's hitting 411. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm specific. You know, this mm -hmm. person's like nine for 21. He had two errors. Mm -hmm. He's hitting whatever and this and that. You know, um, my memory is messing, up, messing me up a little bit, but mm -hmm. I used to be able to do like hitter percentage after the error mm -hmm. in my head. Right, right. You know, it's that person next to me. I look just to make sure, you know, uh, do you know what the score is, coach? Uh, mm -hmm. I'm there. I don't need to look. I'm counting every point. Right. So definitely that. And that's why the, the, the fun thing, the illogically uh, disconnected, unexplained mm -hmm. uh, um, notion of a hunch. <laughs> but you, get, however ridiculous, is like. But, but I'm sure you get your hunch off of not just like one practice, one. Oh hell yeah! One, it's it's based on like tens, hundreds, if not thousands reps. So somewhere in when you put that guy into serve, mm -hmm. the last practice he had to have been like hitting some serves, and you somewhere in your mind you're like, I could maybe use that. And then mm -hmm. at 14, 13, you're like, that guy hasn't been serving good. That guy has. Go in yeah. here and do it. But most people don't call those hunches because they, they're doing something based on an, an analytics and, and, and a pattern or whatever. Uh -huh. And then they take a guess. That's a guess. That one's a hunch because yeah. you have no reason, no, no statistics to support him. And one's a guess, right? Yeah. I see someone on the street. I see, I see he has a badge. He has a gun. Um, you know, he's got that little police car. My, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not playing a hunch that he's a cop. I'm, right, right. You know, I'm, that's, that's a guess. Sure, <laughs> you know? sure. So, um, yeah. Um, and I, again, it's rare. I'm not, I don't, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I wouldn't have a coaching career if I just, right. if it were just, uh, if I'd be sci either psychic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, or, or uh, yeah, I don't know, I guess. Oh man. Uh, Tom, 
this has been fun. Yeah, it has this been. been fun. We're gonna we're gonna take our tech and we're gonna we're gonna send her on her way because I don't I think she's got um what do you got a little babysitting gig going on? Gotta, yeah, pick gotta up watch some puppies. Kids. Oh, you do. Get some children's. Mm. She's like such a sweet girl, but like in my mind, she's like <laughs> she's like smiling, but when she gives her kids, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nice. I'm nice. You promise? I'm nice. All right, can't lie to Tommy Chafin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god reason, tommy hey listen tommy thank you so thank much you. for doing this and thank I, you at some point i definitely got to have you back on the show because okay. the the subject matter we covered even though we covered a lot and mm-hmm. most of if not everything on mm-hmm. if there is an agenda um there's so much to talk about but i'm so glad you came on the show thank I've you o- i've fun. always liked you always respected you and i'm i'm glad that, along with you kevin norman me and yeah. and we just have these this group of savages coaching yeah. evolution this year where yeah. you know i think the 14s did really well this yeah. this this tournament yeah. undefeated yeah. Yeah, yeah so all right so that's all i got that's okay, all so- i got for coach tom chapins any anybody you want to plug say hi to or whatever where we go? Uh, no, just proud that I'm a South Bay, uh, you know, born and raised. And uh, I like seeing, uh, uh, like the last week I went down to the the beat down and saw a lot of the guys, the the, the Redondo Seahawks had a lot more than the Maricosa Mustangs, I have to, to say. And down at 21st Street and there was, yeah. it was a terrible windy day but there were seemingly about 20 seahawks out there playing in the beat down they're like and, we're not calling uh, it we're not calling it i just rode my bike with my family but i went by there and messed around and um i'm just proud of the volleyball community in general uh volleyball's done so much for me um it's you know i get to coach it i get to uh meet a lot of great people like yourself and uh you know the, the yeah. sport's been Awesome to me. So I me- I had to do sixes once. I did mm-hmm. it when I moved here, um, Manhattan Sixes mm-hmm. in 2016. I was with a Moonlighting. Uh, okay. With Derek Olson, Matt Olson. Okay. Uh, Stafford. We had Stafford Slick as a big op out mm-hmm. there. Um, Alejandro Parra, Paul Areza, good team. Kevin yeah. McCulloch, okay. who I also met in Mexico along with John Mayer. Um, so yeah. you didn't get on the court then. I, I, I'm I just sat. kidding. No, because all those dudes are studs. I know you're good too. Hell just, no, I didn't I get on the court. <laughs> The, I, the, cool, the cool thing is none of them knew me. They found uh-huh. out later. They're like, wait, this uh-huh. guy upset for Bamesa. Uh-huh. That that team murdered us in uh-huh. Andorra. Because Bamesa didn't oh, – the two years they won the adult nationals for uh-huh. Open, they only lost a set. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, and uh-huh. no one on the team speaks English. Okay. <laughs> you know, so, um, except Batista, who played with uh-huh. BYU. He joined the team later. Okay. Um, and, um, yeah, but that was fun. That was fun, and so was this. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Tom Chaffins. And for Miranda Gagne, I am Jason DeBeas. I say so long. Love all of you. Boom. <laughs>